Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boost that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Cast, episode 624. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today I'll be joined by Project Spurs founder Michael DeLeon. In this episode, Mike and I will discuss the Spurs' official roster moves that have been made, moves to come, and we'll review the Spurs' start in the Las Vegas Summer League. Let's go ahead and get started. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I feel good. I'm healthy. Not only that, but I'm going to watch some Summer League games and then like NFL football is coming back, so it's a good time of year for me. I saw that. I saw that the uh, who was like the, the, didn't the, didn't the was it the Cowboys or somebody had a preseason game and then I yeah. saw that you were tweeting about the Hard Knocks, right? That's like that's yeah, another, that was yesterday. Shows. So yeah, that was awesome. Okay, so yeah, so so you know, summer league's about to wrap up here. It's going to be a short one. You know, I think there's only five games um, for each of the teams, and then of course, you know, you, like you said, you got football to, to watch there. So that's so that'll be cool. All right, so Spurscast sisters, this is actually going to be a shorter episode than we've been recording. I know that we've been really focusing on free agency, but now we're kind of getting into the mode where we're just waiting for some official signings to go through, and then the roster's pretty much almost set. I mean, there's going to probably some probably be some moves down the road but for now it looks like this roster is uh, kind of set for now so, so we're going to dive into the latest on free agency with the spurs and then we'll go ahead and visit um uh, summer league how they've been playing in, in the las vegas summer league 
All right, Mike, let's jump into the, late, the latest news. There have been a, finally some official deals. Now, I know that the moratorium l- lifted last week, and the Spurs really didn't actually make any official moves. It took uh, quite a few days. But the first one came this past week. Uh, they, they actually finally um, signed Doug McDermott to his three-year $42 million deal. Now, this one was different because originally it was just it looked like the Spurs were just going to sign McDermott with cap space. However, after a few days went by, it turns out that they actually agreed to a sign-and-trade deal with the Indiana Pacers to get McDermott McDermott to San Antonio. So the way this works is the Spurs are getting a a a protected 2023 second round pick um, from the Pacers and also a pick swap for a 2026 second round pick also from Indiana. On the other end, Indiana gets a protected 2023 second round pick from San Antonio. And so really, when we say protected on those those 2023 picks, it means that, you know, as long as it goes thir- as long as it doesn't go 31 to 55 in the second round, uh, you know, those teams get to keep those picks. So they're pretty much probably going to keep the picks. Uh, and then just today, uh, you and I are recording this on a Wednesday at six o'clock. Uh, the Spurs and Bulls finally com- completed the uh, DeMar DeRozan sign and trade. Um in this deal, uh, it's kind of pretty much kind of where where, um, where we originally saw it in the reporting. The Spurs get um, Thaddeus Young, Al Farouk Amino, a future first, um, most likely the 2025 first from Chicago, a 2022 second round pick, and a 2025 second round pick. And then all the Bulls get is DeMar DeRozan. So uh, I know that's a lot of information. Just what, were, what are some of your thoughts on the Spurs finally completing these two deals? Yeah, so I mean... Okay, for first the McDermott signing, uh, that's a rich contract. Like that's that was a little more than I was expecting, but the fact that they were included in a sign trade, I guess, kind of helps things a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's definitely McDermott's like biggest contract to date so far. But I mean, he, what he did, especially the last two years, I think in or well, I think really the last two years in Indiana, kind of showed kind of what he was capable of, and with the team that struggled so much like the Spurs did on. You know, from the three uh, last season, uh, I think, I mean, going out and targeting him was kind of a clear sign that they really want to, uh, uh, you know, fix that issue. I mean, not only that, but he's 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 guy with some sneaky athleticism as well. And mm-hmm. so I liked it. I've always been a, a, a fan of, of him since he came out of college. And um, so I thought that was, that was a nice signing. Like I said, a little more than I expected, but that's the way it happens. The DeRozan thing... I know a lot of people are, have been kind of upset about that. I'm just like, they got something for nothing. For, basically, could have been nothing. He could have just signed, you know, a, a free agent contract and walked away. And this way, they get some tradable assets, some future picks. Uh, I'm not too averse to, like, having Thaddeus Young stick around and seeing what he can do, kind of in a Rudy Gay type of role. But I know that, you know, that's probably somebody that's uh, got a little bit more trade value than maybe Aminu or some of the other guys. So... I like that they were able to make something happen there. I think that just shows that they're, you know, they they see that they have got to do some things with this roster, and uh, so they're trying to stack some assets here. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I like that if you're going to lose a player like that, then it's it's nice to get something back from each other that you can hopefully eventually turn into something else. Yeah, you know, when you listen to national media, um, you know, they they see that DeRozan sign and trade as a win for the Spurs. Now, I know, you know, in, in the in the short term, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look at, uh, so good for San Antonio because you you know they could have maybe had somebody like Laurie Markkinen. But I mean, in the long term, I mean, that's that's a big move to get a first round pick for a player who was going to leave your organization and, and DeRozan. So again, to get a future first was was a big win for the Spurs. And again, the, uh, Young and Aminu are both on expiring contracts. And like you mentioned, Mike, um, you know, they could they could they're probably going to get flipped um, during the season, you know, before the trade deadline because you know play 
playoff teams will want um, either of those two players most likely. So again, uh, you know, those are the official moves that have gone down for San Antonio. Now I know, I know that it took quite a few days. Now let's look at some of the, the moves kind of still waiting to happen. And, and, you know, those will come down, come out pretty soon here. Uh, the first one is, um, you know, now that these moves for McDermott and DeRozan have been completed or Young and Aminu, should I say, the Spurs have $7.2 million in cap space, according to our, our cap sheets. And so that means they probably have that $7 million in annual salary to offer Zach Collins. So he may be the next um, player who gets signed officially uh, with San Antonio. Uh, he, he reportedly signed, was going to sign for a three-year $22 million deal. Uh, from there, they're, they're probably going to sign Josh Primo because he still hasn't signed his rookie contract. But you know his, his, his amount is already on the books because it is a rookie-scale contract. Uh, after that, they, they, they'll probably sign uh, Brent Forbes. Uh, and we don't know, again, how much Forbes is getting, but it's probably going to be part or all of the room exception, which is about $4.9 million. And then, of course, they got to sign uh, Jock Landale as well. And again, we don't know how much he's going to get paid, but it's most likely the veteran minimum or maybe part of that room exception. So just kind of where, where we were last week when Colin and I recorded last week, the Spurs are still going to have 17 players on the roster by the time you know all these moves go official. And they're still going to have to waive at least two players or trade two players before opening night uh, in, in mid-October. So, Mike, did you have any, any thoughts there yeah Zach Collins one I, I think is interesting because uh it's a risk you know and so the Spurs are showing that they can take you know that they're willing to take some risk on, on guys and he's had two you know injury riddled seasons and so I think they're going based off of you know what he last showed in in Portland um and you know I think his last season there he was only what like played like 11 games before that yeah he showed some potential you know uh in very limited minutes he had like some points in like four rebounds game. I think that they liked what they saw from him, and it was a little more versatile with the position. But but it's definitely one you really don't know what you're getting because you don't know one, you know, what his, his situation is as far as injury, and two, like, is he gonna need a year to recover? I mean, is he gonna need now how much time is it gonna take for him to get back to where he was on that growth, you know, trajectory, I guess, that he was on? Um, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, you know, Primo, I think we've, we've seen a lot of him. We'll, I mean, I'm not... He was picked the first round. He's going to sign that contract. That was what Kenny's over. The fourth thing, I know a lot of people are kind of upset about, but to me, it, it's just like... It's not... It, it's it's. I think as long as his role is a little different from what he was here last and he was starting and things like that, Yeah. I, I, I don't mind having a guy that knows... Their system knows the coaches, and that again is another guy that can knock down some shots, right? I mean, if you're not asking him to be a creator or defender, and you're just asking him to come in and hit some some outside shots, then he's definitely fit for that role. So I wasn't so against that as much as a lot of people people <laughs> were, and you know they're not paying. They're, they're obviously not going to pay a whole, whole lot, even at four point nine. If you get to that whole room exception, that's not a lot, and, and it's somebody that can maybe jump into that patty role uh, that can, you know, as a shooter, so, you know, we'll see how that goes, I mean, obviously, there's, the only thing about it is that you got a lot of guards on the roster now, mm-hmm. um, those rosters just packed already, over overloaded right now, so it's not, but I was, I, I was fine with it. Okay. Yeah. And again, like they're going to have to make a roster crunch at some point. And as as uh, Colin Reed and I discussed last week, they still got to make a determination coming up soon here in, in eight days on um, Drew Eubanks' non guaranteed deal. Uh, he has he has an expiration. I mean, not an expiration, but a, a deadline deal of uh, August nineteenth. So they have to make a determination with Eubanks. But then even if even if Eubanks were waived, they still have to you know either waive a player or um, um, trade a player in order to 
to have uh, enough roster spots to take into to the opening of the season. So again, we'll see what the Spurs do, but there will be some, some moves, you know, still have, having to be made um, down the road here, even though even after all these official um, signings and trades uh, go through. All right, so now let's just uh, quickly uh, go through uh, the Las Vegas Summer League start um, for the Spurs. So they've already played two games in the Vegas Summer League. Um, they're still winless when we go back to all the way to the Utah Summer League because they, they went 0-3 in Utah, and then now in Vegas they've gone 0-2. Um, you know they, they lost a close game against on Monday against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then on again against Chicago they played on Tuesday. This was one the Spurs should have won. They were up by 22 at one point, but then Chicago came back. Um, so let's just focus on on four players specifically. I want to focus on Devin Vassell and Trey Jones because they're already on the roster. Josh Primo as well because we know that he's going to be coming onto the roster as well as a rookie this year, and then Joe Wieskamp because he could be on the roster or he could he's probably going to be on a two way contract. So let's first begin, Mike, with Devin Vassell, how he's played in these last two games uh, in um, Vegas. Okay, so on Monday against Minnesota, he comes out with twenty three points on sixteen shot attempts, eight free throws. That's a big one right there that he got himself to the free throw line. Four rebounds, one assist, two steals, two turnovers in twenty nine minutes. Uh, you know. He got going late in this one because, you know, now all of a sudden uh, um, Trey Jones was back in the lineup. So he had the ball in his hands more so. And so Devin was more so like a second or third option uh, in the offense initially to, to get it started. Whereas in Utah, he was kind of one of the main ball handlers. So, again, as I noted here, he didn't get as much run, um, you know, using the pick and roll as he had been doing uh, in, in the Utah series uh, before that. And then against Chicago on Tuesday, he actually left in the first half. He only played about seven minutes. He, had, he ended up having a right hamstring tightness. Uh, the Spurs rolled him out for the rest of the game. And then uh, Coach um, Mitch Johnson said after the game that um, you know that start that injury first started bothering him in the night before on Monday. Uh, so, Mike, what have been some of your thoughts on, on Devin's um, play in these last two games? I mean, Devin has looked good. I thought, you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know he's showing a little more progression to his game. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot more of him. I don't think they, they really have to. I think they yeah. kind of want to give him some run, let him get out there, conditioning things like that. But I mean, he played a lot. Uh, I mean. You know, when you think about like Spurs rookies and trying to spend in Austin, he didn't. He didn't spend a lot of time in Austin. He actually stayed with the with San Antonio and he was able to get some minutes here and there. And, and um, so I think we all kind of saw, you know, what was there and the potential he has. And it's, you know, as long as he continues to uh, to grow from there, I think I think that's good. I mean, uh, I would like to see him with the ball in his hand a little bit more and, and maybe see him, you know. Playing some, it's kind of like what they did with uh, with Primo is they made him like a ball handler. Just just trying to see you know what they can do with him a little bit more and then see what what he can do you know with the offense. But uh, I, nothing really surprised me. I you know I think that he's his level. He's you know I don't think he really even needs to, to like I said even if there wasn't any like injury or issue or any kind of scare or anything. I don't think he really needs to stay uh, to play anymore. Yeah, I'm with you there. You know, just you know, I, I think that they will be, um, you know, very very cautious with him. You know, if if I don't think there's a good chance he probably doesn't even come back into the, in these last three summer league games that are left. And you know, this is more of a selfish reason, but I'm with you. Kind of like we're like, it's like if you're not letting him out, having him out there to run like just a lot of pick and rolls, like like it was really cool to see him be the main ball handler in like two of those those games in Utah, just to see him run pick and roll over and over and over, or do like isolation sets, just to see what he can do because he's not going to get many of the, many of those opportunities when you know the full squad is back in the um, in the regular season. 
season. And so, um, yeah, you know, if, if, if they're not going to have him do that and, and, and he's instead going to be like, you know, second or third option in the offense and kind of creating late in the shot clock, well, then, you know, I, I you know, maybe just assisted him out at this point because you, you, can, you can see even when he does that kind of a role, he still ends up with 23 points on 16 shot attempts. So, so yeah, so, you know, we'll, again, we'll see if, if Devin comes back uh, for, the, for those last few um, summer league games that are left uh, after dealing with that right hamstring tightness. Let's move on to Trey Jones. Um, he made his summer league debut, you know, after he had to set out the um, – the uh, Utah the Utah series with uh, a concussion protocols. Uh, so against Minnesota on Monday, he scored 16 points on 14 shot attempts. He's actually been taking some threes. He went one of three from outside in that game. Uh, he he grabbed three rebounds, had eight assists, uh, one steal, one block, five turnovers in 26 minutes. Then against Chicago on Tuesday, he ends up with 23 points on 19 shot attempts. He also goes one from three again. So again, continue to take the three ball very slowly, but at least he's adding it to his game. Uh, four rebounds, three assists, uh, and three turnovers in 29 minutes. Uh, he did say after the Monday game that you know he was a bit rusty because he hadn't played basketball about about a week and a half. Uh, he says that he got that concussion, got put in those protocols from the last practice before they left to Utah. That I guess he got injured in that practice, and that's why they had to put him in concussion protocols. Um, and then, like, like I mentioned about him um, shooting the three a little bit more, he did say that he wants to c- continue to work on that shot and add it to his game, uh, you know, in, in game um, in actual game modes. And then, um, you know, he, you know, we just know what Trey Jones does. He runs the offense very well for the team. Um, he's, he's shown some aggression as well, you know, driving against the defense, especially in the half court out of the pick and roll or, um, you know, you know, just trying to break down the defense. So what have you seen, Mike, from Trey Jones? Yeah, at, the, at one point, I remember it seemed like he was struggling because he had some tough defense on him. But... Um, what I've seen from him pretty much kind of sh- is what I saw from him in in the G League this last season, and uh, what he was able to kind of stand out there. And uh, one of the things I liked with him being there and being there with uh, Lucas Malich a lot is they were able to kind of have this like on court chemistry, and I think that's something that that he'll need to develop with the with the Devin Russell and I think we'd see, see a little bit more of them maybe even switching roles and things like that because obviously he can he likes to shoot the ball too so he's not, he's not just going to be a creative first but he definitely has a good handle on the offense uh, That that's what I saw a lot in in Austin and I think that he might make you know try to make a case for himself to get some minutes as a backup at ball handler I mean obviously he'll have Lonnie Walker there probably trying to Ticket some minutes in that kind of role as well, so it's going to be tough. It'll be probably fun camp uh, f- uh, to have those guys go, go at each other, but uh, it, it, it's just more of, of what I saw and, and, and I liked seeing uh, in G League bubble. Yeah, for sure. And I want to give Trevor Zickraff, one of our former writers at uh, Project Spurs, uh, some credit here. He had tweeted that, um, you know, if you just put Trey Jones with a bunch of shooters around, like uh, kind of what we saw in that, that Chicago game at the Summer League where he had like Malik Newman on his side uh, and then he had some other shooters by him. Uh, you know, they didn't make all the shots, but still Trey's such a good point guard. Even even Mitch Johnson, the coach, calls him like a quarterback in the offense. And so he's really good about just finding good uh, shooters in their, in, their, in their best spots and, and giving them those opportunities to try to, um, you know, get get as many points from the, beyond the arc. So, again, that'll be interesting to see him with the second unit of like Bryn Forbes and Lonnie, like you mentioned, uh, and then different other players, you know, um, you know, out there flanking him as well. So again, we'll see what, what Trey Jones does uh, if, if uh, you know, if when he continues to play, uh, and even if he continues to play in these summer league games with the, with the numbers that he's putting up. All right, now let's move on to Josh Primo. He only uh, played in one game, one of these games in Vegas. Um, he played against Minnesota on Monday. He ends up with eight points on eleven shot attempts, two rebounds, two assists, two steals, uh, four turnovers in twenty-seven minutes. You know, with, with Trey Jones back as well for Primo, well then this meant that he had to be more 
of of an off the ball player. So he was more so he played like the the, the shooting guard slash small forward role for the Spurs uh, in that game Monday. Um, you know, he did show the ability to knock down some spot up shots, um, three point shots, because we saw you know he had to take a lot of um, ISO kind of um, you know crossover into jumpers uh, when he was playing against Utah since he had the ball in his hands the majority of the night. But in this one, he had to be you know like I said more off the ball. And then on. Um, Tuesday, he didn't play against Chicago because Mitch Johnson said that, um, I mean, it was a coach's decision. It seemed like it was more so for rest. Um, he had played four games in seven nights, according to NBA TV. And then, um, you know, it almost made it seem like, uh, according to Mitch Johnson, that, um, that you know, he was pre- pretty much, they, they set him out uh, maybe for some undisclosed type of injury. So what have been your thoughts on Josh Primo? Yeah, I mean, he's been kind of up and down a little bit, but um, it, he, he's, he's young. And I like that they have tried him out as a ball handler because that's, definitely not his natural position I mean, he's, he's a big dude mm-hmm. he's six six you know and he, he's used to being a kind of like a, a spot up type of guy and, and you know off the ball and so i like that they're trying to get him to play you know or to learn a little bit more of of uh, in a ball handling role and, and i think that'll just help him overall and that'll help him probably understand the offense and where he can fit in a lot more but you know, it's got to clean up the handle a little bit. Uh, it it just kind of it seems like it just depends. Like when he tries to force it a little bit too much, or I, I think you and I were talking about this. Like in in the half court, um, it's different from like when he's like on a fast break or something like that. It seems like when he's on a fast mm-hmm. break, he he can handle a little bit more. But uh, you know, the thing is, it's like it's like I said, he's he's young. He he's 18, so he could still grow. I mean, I know he's probably going to get stronger for sure, add muscle. Uh, with having the strength and conditioning program, but he could also still, you know, grow and, you know, get it to six, seven, or I remember Paul George had like a growth spurt um, early on in his career, and so we could still see that. So having, you know, seeing him get a chance to do some different things, and if he can add those tools and, you know, be able to play multiple positions, that'll be nice for him. I mean, I, I think a lot of, a lot of the early uh, reaction to him was a little, it's a little overboard, just for being mm-hmm. that early but it you know definitely somebody to look out for you can definitely shoot the ball yeah for sure so again we'll see uh, you know if, if primo comes back uh you know after having after i'm um, basically sitting out due to coach's decision uh which is probably more so for rest and, and again the spurs have a few more games left and then the last player that we want to focus on here is joe Wieskamp, um their second round pick in the 2021 uh, draft uh on monday against minnesota he had his fewest minutes i think uh, of the summer league so far and all these games including the utah one uh he scores three points on one shot attempt um three rebounds one turnover in 16 minutes he did come off the bench in this one so again he didn't have a lot of minutes um and also had a, had a more limited role then against Chicago with Devin Vassell going down due to injury well then uh Wieskamp got a lot more minutes he ends up playing I mean he ends up scoring 11 points on nine shot attempts he shoots two of seven from outside uh five rebounds he collects two assists one steal one block one turnover and all that in 26 minutes um you know some things that I, I've kind of noted in, the, in these last two games it's you know still struggling a little bit um he is to kind of get get open off the ball well, you know, trying to basically lose his defender and get a good quality shot, uh, um, getting open, you know, to receive the pass there. And then also, but he has shown the flashes of like being a, real, a good shooter when he when he can get the ball in his hands and, he, and he's open. He's able to, to, to knock down that shot pretty clean uh, when the opportunity is presented to him. So what have you noticed about Wieskamp? Yeah, this is, uh, I think, something you and I have talked about before with him also. Is he's definitely uh, a struggle some, but I think it's it's just a lot different than somebody. Everybody out there mm-hmm. is trying to compete for a job. You're not going to get the benefit of, ha- of being out there with, like, three better players or four, and, and people that are going to, like, sag off of you to go double somebody a lot of times. It's like, so who's going to get some pretty solid one-on-one defense? 
And so a lot of times, like in college, things like that, he'd find himself opening on the corners and things like that and be able to knock that down. That'll probably eventually come, you know, once he plays in G League and, and NBA. But right now, it's, it's a lot different. Uh, so right now, it seems like he's almost try- What I saw a lot is that he would set up in the corners and he wouldn't get the passes to him. They, they'd go yeah. in another direction entirely. So he started to be more aggressive and try to come up for the ball and then try to use screens and things like that. That's that's really not a big part of his game um, for him to be shooting off of the, you know, of, you know with talent in the ball at the same time, anything mm-hmm. like that. And, and so it's going to take time. I think that, you know, the one thing is don't overreact. I mean, George Hill, I remember when he came out in his, his first three games, he couldn't hit anything. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, he could clean up. So, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where it's it's a transition and, you know, uh, hopefully he'll get a lot of run, you know, in the G League and, and, you know, he'll get adjusted and probably work on his strength a little bit, like, a little bit too, and so that'll help him uh, with some of that, with some of those defenders. So, you know, it, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of him. I know, we know he can shoot the ball because of his college career, so it'll come eventually, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, just where things are headed right now, because of the limited roster space, he most likely does look like he's headed for the G League with um, with the two-way, with a two-way type of deal. Now, again, that's that hasn't been reported yet. That hasn't been, you know, he hasn't signed that kind of deal. But, again, that's just w- the way the roster's shaking out. That's kind of the, the most likely path uh, for Wieskamp there. So, again, the Spurs have a few more games here in Vegas. It's a shorter summer league, uh, and then and then they'll be done. And then, you know, pretty much the offseason uh, kicks into full gear in, until the until training camp opens in September. All right, so Spurs cast listeners, thank you um, again for listening to this episode. Don't forget to visit Project Spurs com if you have a chance uh, we're continuing to cover free agency we're still waiting on a few more moves like we mentioned earlier to, to become official we're also watching to see you know what changes do the spurs make with their roster to get it down um, this offseason before opening night down to 15 players uh, we'll continue to cover summer league um, we have different writers you know uh, recapping games and providing their analysis uh, and then also benjamin bornstein has his latest piece called what spurs fans can expect from the newly acquired Chandler Hutchinson. So, so Ben kind of uh, Chandler Hutchinson was a player that that Ben um, ha- had basically um, scouted back when um, he was coming into the draft, and, and so Ben thought he would be a good fit for the Spurs. And now, all of a sudden, you know, years later, the Spurs do trade for him and acquire him from the uh, Washington Wizards. All right, so thanks again to Mike for joining me here on the Spurs Cast and for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.